brought Jesus in so many ways, the churches and, and, the, and the way they, today in order to reach this, this generation, it's, there's this emphasis that we got to come down to the people. Well, that's bringing Jesus down to the people. And I'm going to say something a lot of people won't want to hear, but I'm not sure how many people are really getting saved in these grace churches. And here's the reason. Uh, they don't look it upon anything as sin. And so, and the first point to be able to get saved is, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You know, the first thing ought to just slap you in the face that there's a problem with you. But what our churches are saying is there's not a problem with you because we're going to come down to what you are. So come here and now you know what? You can have Jesus. Well, there's a problem there if you don't really believe that anything that you're doing is wrong. And what we're telling them is there's nothing they're doing is wrong. That's another freebie. That's really not here. But, but they're going to hear God's voice. Let him that hath an ear, let him hear, because he says, come unto me. You come to me. You know, that's a, that's a command. It's a command where he's saying, you come to me. Come to where I am. Come to who I am. Come to believe what I am. And so... Now, initially, we're going to go to the next command. Initially, as I had initially put all these down and, and studied through them, I got this list, and, and what I'm doing is, is I've got them all listed, and then I'm going back and kind of working on them as we go along. Well, initially, this, one, this next one was giving me problems because I went to Matthew uh, chapter 15, verse 4. Look at Matthew chapter 15, verse 4. If I can get to it myself, Matthew, Matthew chapter 15, verse 4, it says, for God, God, for God commanded, saying, Honor thy father and mother, and he that curseth father or mother, let him die the death. You know, it, at first glance, I looked at that as a command of Christ. But I had a problem because all these commands seem to follow in they're so sequential they 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 just there's a pattern they follow they build on each other and they may go for a while and then sort of shift gears and then begin to build upon another and this one all of a sudden after we have this these these last two that we talked about hear God's voice and come unto me and take up my yoke and and so much is talking about uh the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the lost and 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 how they they uh, God's wanting us to hear His truth and the truth of salvation and come unto Jesus and if we come unto Jesus then we're no longer are we under the work salvation and in that heavy load of work salvation now we're under Jesus under grace and that's a light load. But then it says, honor your parents. For God commanded, saying, honor thy father and mother. He that curseth father and mother, let him die the death. Now, when I, when I went to that, I thought, Lord, this just really doesn't make sense. And I'll be honest with you, I did what I often do. I went out and walking and praying and said, Lord, what, what am I missing here? Something I'm missing here. And here's what it is. This made it a little confusing to me, for it did not seem to follow the order that it had been followed up to this point. The commands of Jesus had been building and teaching in a divine, organized, and reasonable way. But in truth, here's what happened. Jesus was using an Old Testament command to prove a point to the Pharisees. You see, what, I've, what I realized here is that Jesus is not giving a command here. He's reiterating a 
command, an Old Testament command, as a rebuke to the Pharisees. It's not exactly the same thing that we've been looking. If you look at verse 15, it says, Then came Jesus, uh, the scribes and Pharisees, which were of Jerusalem, saying, verse 15, chapter 15, Why do thy disciples transgress the tra traditions of the elders? For they wash not their hands when they eat bread. But he answered and said unto them, Why do ye also transgress the commandment of God by your tradition? For God commanded, saying, Honor thy father and mother, and he that curseth father and mother, let him die the death. And he's going to go on into uh, what their problem was and how they had, they had brought in tradition and it superseded this command. And he said, This is wrong. Now, the truth is, Jesus was using this Old Testament command. That, now, I want you to understand, this is not really a direct command of Christ. This is where he's using an Old Testa Testament command as a rebuke. Now, I want you to understand, this does not mean that the command is invalid like this, this movement says, that the Old Testament commands. This, that, that command is still as valid as it was when it was given. But it simply is not a direct command that Jesus is giving in the New Testament. And I hope you understand it, but the truth is, what I saw was, is the next command that Christ gives directly as a direct command follows right along with all the rest of the commands. The way it just follows right along, right in line, because it's Matthew 16, 6. Look at Matthew 16, 6. Then Jesus said unto them, Take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. That's really the next direct command Jesus gives. And now watch, I, I, and I'll, I, I'm going to have a word of prayer and then I'll get. Father, I pray that you bless. We just got a few minutes here tonight, but Lord, I pray that you guide my mind, my thoughts. Lord, help me to be clear in what I say and that it will that'll uh, uh, make sense to everyone in here. And, and Holy Spirit, Please move. Spirit of God, I need your presence and I need you to work in this, in this auditorium tonight. Dear God, we need to learn and to grow. Lord, we're, we're in a battle. We're in a battle for the very existence of what we call church. Lord, I pray, please, that you would help us, guide us here tonight. Spirit of God, wrap your arms around us here. Father, just put a mighty hedge of protection about us. And Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask you to bind Satan from this place. Turn back the evil that would try to snatch away the truth tonight. We need you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, it's a very simple, direct command. He says, take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. Again, everything that Jesus says is for, for, I mean, he's given a command, but he's given it very specific. He didn't, he didn't just say, beware of false doctrine. He said, beware the leaven of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. Notice how this command builds upon the previous command. He said, come unto me, all you labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. We learned this morning that the labor and the heavy laden burden was the works, the rituals, and the laws, but Jesus came to bring fulfillment through grace. He brought grace, and grace is, 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 not, is not a heavy burden. Grace is a light yoke, amen? Because it's all done. 
It's all completed. Jesus completed it all on the cross, and he offers it to us as a free gift. It doesn't get any better than that. Now, if you then come to Jesus, take his easy yoke and his light burden for salvation and for service, a key factor to continuing in this rest, listen to me, this is how these tie together. He says, now, if you're going to continue in this rest, you got to beware the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Because, listen, when you get saved, don't think you're exempt from people trying to mess you up. Don't think you're exempt from people trying to talk nonsense. The truth is, once you get saved is when the devil really sends his liars. And he'll send people to you. And, I, and, and I've, I've told you this before, but you've got to be very careful what you read. You've got to be very careful who you listen to. Now, the leaven is so dangerous because the Bible says, a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. It only takes a speck of works to bring total confusion to your life. If you want to lose your peace, just add one thing to your salvation. Just one. If you want to lose your peace as a Christian, let somebody convince you that somehow, they tried to do that to me. I, I got saved in my dorm room uh, all alone, and, and then I met this little girl that was Church of Christ. And she'd been Church of Christ for a couple of years, and, and they tried to convince me that I had to get baptized or I couldn't go to heaven because I had to get baptized in their church or I couldn't go to heaven. And if I didn't get baptized in their church, then I'm not going to heaven. Well, you say, what'd you do? Well, she is pretty, so I got baptized in that church. <laughs> now, the truth was, I didn't care what they said. I, at, at that 20 years old, all I thought was, look, man, they say, uh, I got to do this, and somebody else says I got to do that. Well, I just do everything. I'll cover all the bases. You know, I mean, if I do it all, I got to be the ones winning out. Everybody else is losing. They're just doing one of them. Y'all don't get that, do you? But that's really the way I thought. Now, but the truth is, if I had continued down that road, I would have been total turmoil the rest of my life. Anxiety and confusion because when have I done enough? Because, man, you got you to gotta stay faithful. What in the world does that mean? What is really staying faithful? Define that for me. Where's that bar? How high do I have to jump to get that? You can't. Religiously, the Sadducees were more conservative in one doctrinal excuse me, area than, than the Pharisees. They insisted on a literal interpretation of the text of Scripture. That doesn't sound bad, does it? The Pharisees, on the other hand, gave oral tradition equal authority to the written word of God. If the Sadducees couldn't find a command in the scripture, they dismissed it as man-made. Wow, who does that sound like? Does anybody know who that sounds like? Let me help you. That's the grace movement. Because if it doesn't say thou shalt not, they don't have to do it. Because it's got to say, thou shalt not. And if it doesn't say, thou shalt not, whatever, then it's really not a doctrinal or a command of God. And let me help you. Even when it says, thou shalt not, they talk that, they redefine that one away too. 
Now, the Sadducees rejected a belief in the resurrection of the dead, though. So they, they got a problem. But the Pharisees did believe in the resurrection, so that's a good thing. The Sadducees denied the afterlife, holding that the soul perished at death. Now, that's a little bit of a problem. The Pharisees believed in an afterlife and an appropriate reward and punishment for individuals. And that reward or punishment came from the way they lived their life. So we still got a problem. The Sadducees rejected the idea of an unseen spiritual world, but the Pharisees taught the existence of angels and demons in the spiritual realm. Sadducees tended to be wealthy and to hold more powerful positions. The chief priests and high priests were Sadducees, and they held the majority of the seats in the Sanhedrin. The Pharisees were more representative of the common working people and had the respect of the masses. The Sadducees focused on the power. Uh, uh, their focus of power was the temple in Jerusalem. The Pharisees controlled the synagogues, the local synagogues. Now, that's just a little background of who Jesus is saying be careful of. And see, what you see in both of these, the reason he's saying beware is in, in them you see, some, you see some good things, but you also see some real issues. Now, such a simple and direct command of Jesus, take heed and beware the leaven of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. These two religious groups had some positives, some negatives, or leaven, Jesus did not say that they had everything wrong. He said, beware the leaven of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. Do you understand? He said, beware of that in them that's wrong. Because once they add that which is wrong, that works into their belief. When they add that error into their belief, he said, a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. Leaven is but a portion of the lump, but it affects the whole. Jesus wanted them to be alert to the false teachings of the religions. And these religions, again, I will say, these, these false religions are all works-based, and which means they're all pride-based. Now, as I said this morning, works-based religions are pride-based, but we know the truth. And if we know the truth, that's why it's so important. And that's why I'm going through the commands of Christ, because this movement of today says that really commands are all done away with. All commands are Old Testament. The, the, all the commands, the commands, commands, those are done away with. They were all the law was done away with. Then why did Jesus give over 50 commands? And that's why we're studying, because we need to know the truth. And if we know the truth, the truth is going to reveal to us this heresy that's being taught. We must know the truth, and the truth allows us to take heed and beware of that which is false. Now, there's two great errors today, and we find them through this command. We start to realize them, and here's the two great errors. Number one, making traditions of men equal to the law of God. Okay, so we need to be careful. We need to be careful that we don't make the traditions of men the law of God. You know, there's some things that we, we, we have taught in, in our movement for a long time that they're, they are not commands and they are not the law of God. And, and truthfully, they're really not traditions, but they, what they were, were, they were protective principles that evolved into traditions of men. And that's where the problem has. 
And as they grew and as they evolved, somehow they transferred from good principles to tra- traditions of men, but they, they, kept, they kept growing and somehow some of them became commands of God. Now they didn't really become, but in the minds of man, they became that. They became commands of God. And, and I'll be honest with you, that's why we've got a generation that's, that's gone completely the other way because they feel like, okay, you mistaught us. And I don't say this, the things that we taught were right. The principles and the truths that we taught were right. They were good. Sometimes they were emphasized the wrong way. Sometimes they were implemented the wrong way. So making the traditions of men equal to the law of God, that's a problem. Because it brings in confusion. Number two, denying the law of God and negating the law of God because we are under grace. That's a problem. You don't negate God's law and you don't negate God's truth because you, you feel like something was mis, misappropriated, something, that, something was misapplied. You don't negate it. I've told so many all over this nation, don't throw away everything because somebody was harsh with it or somebody didn't apply it right. The truth is still there. When we make traditions of men into the law of God, we grow very similar to the Pharisees. Now, we're not because the Pharisees believed that what they taught would get a person to heaven. Now, the Pharisees gave traditions equal status with the law, but also connected both to salvation. But I want you to listen to me now. We're very, we believe very distinctly different. We don't believe there's anything connected to salvation. And so to say that we are being pharisaical because we, we believe in some principles that maybe are not direct commands, that's not true unless... It's a very short step between equating traditions as holiness and eventually connecting them to salvation. You see, what happens as time goes by, anybody understanding what I'm saying? As time goes by and we, we have this principle of holiness, and that's really what they are. You see, I've told so many of these young people, and it really just, it it breaks my heart because they say, well, uh, okay, these dress standards and these things you have, those are not commands, and they're Old Testament, and they're this or that. Well, Well, you know, I've told them and I've warned them, but what you will do, though, when you start down that road that you're on, when you start eliminating all standards, what you will have, though, is you will have nakedness. And it must become acceptable, too, because you said all barriers are gone. God didn't have barriers, so we, so we evolve into nakedness. And so we have good kids that have people up on their platform with, with some miniskirt up to here. Well, listen, listen, can you just do it? Go to, ladies, go to my wife and study just a little bit. Go to her and let her take you to the scriptures, and we'll find out that they made the linen breeches to cover their nakedness from the loins to the thigh. That means the thigh was naked. It's not me saying that. That's the Bible.
let me just, just say this. That's why that, that men, if, you, if you're going to wear your shorts, you ought to wear them to your knees. Because the, he didn't say the thigh on a woman. He said the thigh. Hello? I figured we were kind of low right now, so I might as well just bring us on down. It's a very short step between equating traditions as holiness and eventually connecting them to salvation. The Sadducees stood upon the written word. But I want you to remind you again, that sounds really good, but here's, I believe it's very similar as the grace crowd. They said if there's not a direct written command against it, then, it's, then it is acceptable. And it has to be a direct written command in the New Testament. Everything in the Old Testament is, is Old Testament. But do you understand that abomination to God remains an abomination to God because God doesn't change? Folks, the fact that we want to do something doesn't make it right. And the fact that we're intelligent enough to redefine and look up enough def definitions to redefine something uh, so that we can force it to be right, that still doesn't make it right because God's still smarter than you. And God brought this down so everybody can understand it, not just your super intelligent people. The traditions of the Pharisees probably came about as, I believe, the tradition of the Pharisees probably came about as protective principles, but evolved in commands for salvation. Now, this is a danger that we have. We've got to make sure that those, those protective principles don't ever evolve into, into somehow connected, becoming commands of God. That's vital. It's vital that we don't go that direction. It's vital that when we teach a protective principle that we understand that it's a protective principle. If that, if that floor is sin, I'm not in sin. If that floor is sin, I'm still not in sin. If that floor is sin, I'm still not in sin. I'm just a whole lot closer to sin. And the, and the young people, as we teach them, they got to understand that difference. That there are some things that are just trying to protect you. The Sadducees refused, therefore, any protective principle, though. You see, they, they said, no, 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 no. Any of, these, any of these other things that you're saying, the traditions of men, they initially were protective. Hey, wash your hands. It's not a bad idea. You know, it's really not a bad I mean, you ever think, anybody here wash your hands? It's really not a bad idea to wash your hands. Now, am I sinning if I don't wash my hands? No, I may be stupid, but I am not sinning. The Sadducees, the, the, the Pharisees, I believe their, their protective principles evolved into commands for salvation. The Sadducees refused any protective principles. And this, boy, this parallels our two movements. This parallels, honestly, who we are if we're not careful and what the grace movement is. It really is. Many principles of the Word of God are biblically based and biblically sound. I want you to understand that. There's not a direct command, but they're biblically based and biblically sound. 
and will keep us from the destruction of sin. But once that principle becomes a biblical command and the violation of that command will send you to hell, the whole lump has been affected. Okay, just a little illustration here. You know, I, I lived a life when seatbelts were not a law. Anybody remember when seatbelts were not a law? I lived a life, I lived, oh, I lived where you could ride in the back of a pickup truck. The, um, but seatbelts were not a law. And when they first came, I don't think, when they first started showing up in cars, I don't think we had a law that you had to have seatbelts because most people didn't have seatbelts. So how could they have a law about seatbelts when, when only a few people had them? I can remember my, I'm pretty sure it's my brother John that had an old Rambler. I think he put seatbelts in it himself. So you could do that, you know. But watch this. Before it was a law, do you think it made a little bit of sense if I, if I at that point in time, for my daddy to tell me to fasten my seatbelt, do you think that made a little sense if he just wanted to protect me? There wasn't a law that I had to be protected, but it just made good sense to fasten your seatbelt because then maybe you might be protected a little bit. They didn't have shoulder harnesses and, you know, and babies up to 13 had to be in the car seat. and <laughs> They didn't have all that stuff. It's amazing how we lived. To fail to wear one would not have been a violation of any law, but it'd just be wise to do it. There's another illustration. I lived in Indiana for 30-something years that whole time. I don't know if it's still law there or there or lack of one, but you could, you could ride a motorcycle without a helmet. You did not have to have a helmet on in the state of Indiana. Well, we rode motorcycles all the time. I'm not sure when I was growing up riding motorcycles that it was a law you had to have a helmet on in Tennessee. I'm not really sure that there was. But anybody that rode a little bit had enough sense to know it was protective to put one on. You only had to see a few people get bashed up before you figured out, maybe if I'm going to ram my head into a tree, having a helmet on might soften the blow. It's just protection. Pharisees and Sadducees both had some good and some error, but the biggest error was that they both believed it was their way, not Christ's way. So Jesus said, be careful. Be alert. Pay attention. Study to show thyself approved. And, and folks, let me, let me beg you. Walk with God. Get in the Word of God. Study the Word of God. And even if there's something I've said tonight and you think, man, I don't know if I agree with that. Well, then get in the book and find out. Don't believe me. Believe God. Find out what he says about it. Study it. See it. Desire God. Desire to know God. Desire to walk with God. And listen, that's what God wants. And can I tell you, when you desire to walk with him, this issue about what, is, what I should do and should do, he's going to make it so abundantly clear. And it's not, I, look, if God wants me to put on his helmet, I, you know, I, there's not a problem putting it on if I'm close to him. 
If I love my daddy and he loves me and he says, son, fasten your seatbelt, I don't think he's trying to abuse me. I don't think he's trying to, to take away my rights. Now, when a policeman says that I do, but, but, but I don't think my daddy, when he loves me, he's trying to say, son, just back, buckle your seatbelt, or son, uh, just be careful there, or son, don't do that because you might kill yourself. You grow up learning three points of contact climbing a tree, right? Anybody know three points of contact? Why, why do you learn that? Is that some law you, you got to have three points of contact? No, you can go ahead and grab hope with two and watch yourself dive on your head. Ask Amber about that. Broke both her arms. She learned three points of contact. So number one, be very careful to keep salvation what it is, a free gift. It's a free gift of God. I don't care what anybody tells you, it's a free gift of God. If it's not a free gift, you can't get it. They say, but you got to do this. I don't care what they say you got to do. Some people can't do it, and you're not going to do it good enough. Be very careful to keep salvation what it is, a free gift of God, purchased by the shed blood of Jesus Christ. That's why I'm excited about teaching on Wednesday nights through, through the book of Hebrews because it deals with the blood. Amen? Number two, be very careful to believe in salvation by grace. Again, be very, there's a lot of voices out there. God said, hear me. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit said. He said, hear me. Jesus said, hear me. And he said, come unto me. And listen, when you hear him and come unto him, you find that salvation is the free gift of God by grace through faith. Be very careful to understand that God believes in righteousness and holiness in the life of the believer. Don't let somebody tell you you're saved and God really doesn't care. God looks upon your heart. Well, yeah, your heart is desperately wicked. Yeah, God looks upon the heart, but man looks upon the outward appearance. Why is it that we want to bring man down? Why is it we're so determined to bring man closer and closer to sin so that he feels better about being here? That's what we do. Let's bring, let's, let's, let's dumb down everything in the church. Let's dress down, let's act down, let's be down so everybody that is down will come in and be down with us. Oh, but they'll want to come and come and be down. And they're going to walk out just as down. Folks, that's stupid. And anybody watching this, go ahead. It is. It doesn't make a bit of sense. That whole movement does not make a bit of sense. And I'm sorry, I'm fed up. Because they're taking too many good people and they're saying, hey, come on down here, man. Here, 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 man. Here, let me take, give me a shirt off too. You don't have to have a tie. Well, bless God. There's a point at some point you're telling people to come in naked. Now, I don't care how you come, but don't come naked. (laughs) 
when you, when you throw away everything and say anything is okay because we can't be against anything unless God says thou shalt not. Well, he told you what nakedness was. That's pretty good, thou shalt not. Oh, it's in the Old Testament, though. I'm sorry. And God said in the Old Testament that he changes not. So how is all of a sudden, nakedness in the Old Testament is not nakedness today. That's retarded. I'm being pretty mean tonight, aren't I? Y'all okay with me? Number four, be very, very careful not to negate the preserving, protective power of the principles derived from the Word of God, even if there is not, or there is a, a there is not a thou shalt not. So you see, there's some wonderful protective principles in the Word of God. And they don't say thou shalt not, but they pretty much say it even though they don't say it. And that's, that's why I always get worried about that. That's why that everybody walks to that door is loved and accepted. We don't have a dress code. But we ought to try to teach that if we keep digressing. I keep asking these young bucks, where is this going to land? How much lower are you going to go when the world is digressing? How much further down are you going to go to make them feel comfortable? I mean, is it just going to evolve to the point that we got Speedo Church? Y'all don't even know what a Speedo is, do you? My wife's only went laughing because she knows what I'd look like in a Speedo. I mean, when's it, when's it going to stop? How much lower are you going to come to make everybody feel comfortable? And when you make them all feel comfortable, where are you taking them? Oh, we're getting them saved. We got those kids saved in vacation Bible school. You could go out here and we could put up a tent. We get hundreds of people saved. If that's all we care about, can I tell you, that's where we've lost this nation because we went out and did big meetings all over the place. And we did big meetings in, uh, up there in Indiana, in Gary, Indiana, in Chicago, and big meetings, lots of people getting saved, and then we never taught them anything. Folks, if that's all you want to do is, is get people in to get them saved, then go on out there and I'm telling you, put out your, you, 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 we can put out uh, the, the jump houses everywhere. We can build us a swimming pool out there. Then a lot of them show up. If that's all that we're trying, but that's not all the church is supposed to do. It's supposed to teach people. The Pharisees went back and grabbed all these old traditions that somebody made up and said, these traditions are just as important as the Word of God. That sounds a whole lot like Catholicism because they speak ex cathedra in the place of God. And the Sadducees over here said, nope, it's just what's written, nothing else. But unless it's written... It's okay. 
on. Let's see. It never says, thou shall not throw a rock through the church window. So it must be okay. It never says, thou shalt not shoot bottle rockets at each other. But mom and daddy, is that really what you, what you want your kids to do? Some of you went, well, I, I think so. <laughs> Folks, there's a whole lot of things that don't say thou shalt not, but, but there's, some of them are just plain old common sense that you ought not do it. But a lot of things are in the Bible. There are principles in the Bible, and it's there. They just don't want to see it. Because if they see it, then all of a sudden they might have to change. If they see it, they might have to live a little different. If they see it, they might not be able to party with their buddies that they call church. Y'all just tell my wife she shouldn't get me stirred up before I come to church. I told her, no, you're not wearing that, Joe Beth. No. <laughs> now, listen, I don't, I don't like that because I don't want to hurt anybody. But listen, I'm, I'm hurting people if I don't tell people the truth sometimes. That hurts too. And there's a lot of voices out there. And let me tell you, those voices sound real good. Boy, they're persuasive. They're smooth, they're sweet, they're dynamic. Hey, and they're smart. Because, man, they can go into Scripture and mold it into anything. They, you ought to know I could do that, did you? <laughs> mold it into anything that you want. They can do it. And we got a whole generation that's just sucking it down. Because that's another thing. The past generation just was too simplistic. We just believed it. You didn't have to be highly educated. It's written at a fourth grade level. And so we read it and we understood it because actually it's spiritually written and spiritually understood. And if you ask the Spirit of God, He reveals it to you. But see, what they've gone after, they've gone after the big minds. And let me help you. The intellectual is nothing but a man filled with pride of his intellectualism. And just get ready because the next one is going to follow right into it. Because if we don't get all this straight, he's going to tell us, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself. And I'm going into that tonight, but man, it's amazing how Jesus just keeps building these. He's just building. He said, if you don't get this right, you're not going to deny yourself and follow me because it's all about yourself. How's everybody doing? I have no idea what God may have spoken to your heart about, if he has spoken to you about anything. But I'm going to tell you this. We need to be very, very careful. We need to realize, quit being ashamed of who you are. Amen. Quit being afraid to say this is who I am and what I believe. 
I don't care. It, it, oh, we, we can get bigger crowds if we, if, we, if we drop some of this. I'm not after a bigger crowd. I'm after being right with God. And as I said, be very careful not to negate the preserving, protective power of the principles derived from the Word of God, even if there's not a thou shalt not. Please. Let's just yield to Him. Whatever He wants from us is fine. And I'm going to tell you, there's some things that, are, that they're not commands. We just do them because they're wise and safe and protective. And you can ask me, Bill Hooker, do you do this because you think God commanded it? And I'll tell you if I really think it's a command or not. I really will. But it's one of the reasons we take a stand on nakedness because I believe it's real clear that God says, for my people, I'll make you linen britches, priest. And watch, you say, well, I'm not a priest. Oh, yes, you are. You got saved, you are. And he told us exactly what it was. I've taken way too long, but I don't care. <laughs> okay? So we're going to have an invitation. I don't know what God might have spoken to you about, but, but the truth is maybe we ought to just think, God, who have I been listening to? And Father, help me have ears to hear your voice so I can draw close to you so I can recognize the Pharisee and the Sadducee let's pray Father I pray that you bless here tonight